Hello, this is the sixth episode of the OpenStack Israel podcast. I'm your host, Shlomo Swidler, on Thursday, November 28, 2013. Today, our guest is a returning guest, Sam Berkovich of Radware. How are you, Sam? I'm very good, Shlomo. How are you? Very good. I understand, Sam, that you have uh, a lot of experience leading uh, development efforts uh, at Radware for OpenStack uh, integrations and uh, code and functionality that Radware is sponsoring uh, inside OpenStack. Can you tell us a little bit about how a company does that, gets involved at that level? Sure. It's actually, um, there's three portions of this. The first portion, obviously, is getting to a state that the company gets to a decision that it benefits the company to actually have a solution that is part of the open stack, uh, effort. So obviously that's the first uh, decision that the company needs to, de- to take. Second is, which could be in parallel, is as a company or as a, a, per, a person, I would like to just contribute some uh, code or effort to the OpenStack project. And the third uh, portion is as a commercial company that has decided to have a solution in OpenStack, what's the best way to get to that my um, solution is supported in the best, uh, the best possible way? Are you saying that uh, any company that wants can decide that they want OpenStack to have their customized widget uh, and then just go ahead and do it? Uh, no. What I'm saying is that any company uh, might want to have that, and that won't work, actually, because you really need to get to a state where what you're doing is not just something that makes sense for you as a company, but also sits well with um, general requirements of the OpenStack project. So uh, from a company perspective, that actually means that whatever feature or functionality you want to drive into OpenStack, it needs to, to meet some requirements, which, which among them is the first one is that it's a general, uh, generally required feature. Second one is that as an OpenStack administrator or user, I can actually get this capability without the need to buy it from any commercial vendor. And then, uh, get this capability uh, supported by my solution. As an example, as a company that does load balancing solutions, one of the load balancing capabilities that is not yet available in OpenStack is the ability to define virtual IPs that are terminated on the load balancer, that does SSL termination on the load balancer. This capability, obviously, is something that all uh, commercial vendors have. It's currently not supported in OpenStack. In order to get that into OpenStack, we must first make sure that that's a generally required feature, that this feature could be available to any OpenStack installer that uh, wants to install it even without buying a commercial solution. And obviously then have that up and running on um, a commercial solution such as AdWords, okay? I see, so first you need to have the generic capability supported in the OpenStack's framework mm-hmm. uh, and accepted by the OpenStack community into that framework, and then you can add your own implementation behind the scenes. Correct. So this is the basic concept on how you would uh, need to drive uh, features into OpenStack from, a, let's say, a, 
product roadmap. The other part of it is obviously um, assuming you have your set of features or capabilities that you can get into agreement. The other side is how can you actually make this happen in OpenStack? Because what's OpenStack is different is it's not a, a standards body. The fact that uh, as a vendor you will work with other people and define the spec doesn't mean that they will get implemented. If you want something to be implemented, you need to put the effort to make it so. This means that the people that are working in a commercial company uh, needs now to also be available to work and commit code, which is not just for their vendors, but also is a more generic type of code. And uh, is this something that you've done with your teams at Radware? Yes. So, for example, the previous on the previous version of OpenStack, on the Havana version, in order for the load balancing capabilities to support multi-vendor, uh, we uh, drove and uh, provided po major portions of the code that allowed commercial vendor to write implementation that we run in OpenStack in, and provide load balancing as a service. And I imagine that in order to gain support for contributing generic framework to OpenStack, you need to have very high-level strategic commitment within your company in order to uh, justify resources uh, that you're going to put on those efforts without having anything to show for it right away. Correct. As a commercial vendor, one of the key questions is how are we going to give those efforts for free? And the answer for that is we're going to give it in order to get the capabilities that we want to provide to our customers available out of OpenStack. So it's true. You need, uh, you need uh, your company to be strategically uh, committed to OpenStack in order to also be able to put uh, resources that are not developing just the functionality that is needed by the vendor itself. Have you ever had a project that you've wanted, or has, have you ever seen a project that a particular company has wanted to get into OpenStack uh, be rejected by the community? Yes. Well, what happens? Originally, uh, the load balancing as a service functionality was available through a module uh, that was called Atlas. And when time came to uh, look whether, whether load balancing as a service uh, will be done using uh, the Atlas code or a similar approach or whether it needs to be as part of the more generic uh, networking framework called Neutron, uh, the community has decided that they prefer the load balancing as a service to be available out of Neutron. And that basically led to the fact that Atlas was abandoned. And so your attempted contribution based on Atlas was a non-starter. Right. So we've started to work on Atlas about a year before it was um, proposed to be a core project in OpenStack, and basically all, of, all the work that we've done for Atlas were not used anymore. I imagine there was some bit of upset within your company about that. Uh, a little bit, yes. There was a little bit of upset, but um, I think that, um, again, the key was to uh, set up expectation originally for what was done and explain why the decision that was taken is better also in a line for rather itself and not just generically. So that's from your point of view as someone who has experienced a project not being accepted into the mainline OpenStack. What about Correct. other, uh, perhaps without naming names, to protect... Uh, to protect people, <laughs> what about as a community member, 
who has seen other companies try to push their own agendas into OpenStack, what does the community do? How does that opinion get communicated back to the company, and is there a defensiveness about the code? What's the attitude among the community? So uh, the, the best way is not to get to that place, which means if you want to do something, you need to uh, articulate what you want to do ahead of time, um, get this, uh, whether it's feature or a bigger project, communicated into the community, get to see how much support you get from it. And since OpenStack is now not a, a, not a small project, it has a lot of modules, Try to see whether the, whatever you're trying to do is, if, if it's a, a new project, whether it's actually comes side to side with existing infrastructure, whether it competes with something that's already there. Um, so ideally, obviously, you would want to, if it's a big, uh, big module, you would like to reduce the friction as, less, as little as possible. And if it's a feature in an existing module, you would like to communicate it as soon as possible. Ideally, if it's a big feature, you would like to uh, align it around the design summit. So you would communicate about it before the design summit. Uh, you would appear with a proposal in the design summit, uh, get acceptance to that during the design summit. So it will be outlined clearly that this is something that is planned to be delivered during the next de uh, uh, delivery uh, cycle. And then obviously uh, be ready to actually spend the resource to make it happen. Because if, you, if it is important to you, then you should be the one that actually make it happen. So it seems like you really have to view uh, your attempted contribution as, uh, as a marketing campaign. Yes, but, but it's, I wouldn't call it a marketing campaign. It's more like uh, uh, you really need to make sure that what you're proposing is something that is needed. And you really need to make sure that uh, people agree with you that it's needed. And after that, that, the way you propose that to happen is aligned to how other people think about this. So there's three things that you want to do. If it's a totally new module in OpenStack, that's one thing, and I'm not, this is a totally different thing to do, okay? So let's not talk about that. If you want to contribute inside an existing module, then there's two types of uh, things you might want to do. One is what is uh, defined in the OpenStack uh, lingo as a blueprint, which is a bigger feature. And the other one is a small feature, which traditionally usually is logged as a bug. The key with blueprints is to try and align the big blueprints around the design summit, as I, as I, as I said, and get uh, them accepted as early as possible. So both the community and the PTL of that module will know that this is what you want to do and accept that, that that's something that they will allow you to do, and that it is promoted, reviewed, etc. And if it's a bug, you really need, uh, after you file it, you, need, you really would like to validate that that's really a unique bug. There's no such bug and nothing else is working on something uh, similar. And if that's the case, then you can start work on this and hopefully get it uh, reviewed. Now, the way the community either promotes things or uh, stops things is by the reviewing process, okay? If you did something that is not aligned with whatever the community thinks is the right thing, um, people can, during the review process, tell you that they don't like what you're doing and not uh, approve your code. The way the community will reject something that is not aligned to the community is basically by the review process, in which people will review your code, 
and we'll either review it to, to make it better, or we'll actually say this is not something that makes sense to do, and we'll stop it. And if uh, you get a lot of uh, pushback, then obviously that means that what you're doing will not be accepted. And so this so that, process is true regardless of whether you're talking about a major feature or even just a bug fix. Correct. But if you communicate on that ahead of time, if that's something that was communicated in the design summit, if it was something that was agreed upon that it needs to be happen, if you did the right review process before you started implementing and there was enough feedback and you got accepted to the process, then it's going to be really unacceptable for someone to later on tell you that that's not good. Mm -hmm. um, so, so you should follow the, the, the process. If you do that, you can lend your features at least into the state where they actually get reviewed. So Sam, where does this code live? Can anybody just come and fork it and start playing with it on their own? Sure, but in order for this to be accepted, it needs to live in the OpenStack trunk, in the OpenStack source control. Right? Is that on GitHub? Where is that? It's, yeah, it's on GitHub. Uh, but what's interesting is um, really the, um, uh, the process. Up until now in our discussion, we talked about what does it make to get something accepted as a concept. What's really interesting is that in order to actually make it happen, there's a really interesting process that needs to take place in order for the code to actually land eventually in GitHub. Now, as a vendor, you obviously have the choice to have some support to OpenStack, which does not live in GitHub. And that's, that's okay. Yeah, your but own private fork. A private fork is there for, well, you could have a private fork for the whole OpenStack or a private fork for the specific module. And that's okay, but the, uh, realistically, customers expect to be able to use standard libraries and standard distributions. So by you as a vendor forking out something, eventually you get to a disadvantage. So you really need to consider very carefully whether this is a, a process that you want to follow. To my opinion, a better process would be to actually get whatever you want living inside the OpenStack source control and not fork. And in order for that to happen, then you really need to follow the path of uh, contributing code into OpenStack. This actually falls into a, a very nice pattern of you really need to uh, be able to know and communicate with people you really need to understand the process. And obviously, as said, you really need to make sure that the matter that you want to do is accepted uh, before you even start. And those three things are something that you really need to uh, be patient as a company because it's a different process than at least what I, as a, a person working in commercial companies, is used to. So there's a, a process and a culture and a, a way that you need to adopt in order to, even if you get your matter accepted, to actually eventually be able to put the code in the right place. Sam, if I want to learn more about your experience specifically and in general how to get more involved, where can I go? You can uh, look at the, the different resources uh, spread out through the internet. Do as we did, which is spend between three months to six months to eventually understand it. And I hope that I could accelerate the experience to everyone who will be joining uh, the OpenStack Israel uh, Summit and will come to my session that uh, we'll be presenting our experience in our last year experience in committing code and getting involved in an open source community uh, while still be able to 
uh, also contribute code that assist us support our uh, products. The OpenStack Israel event is coming up on December 9th, and you've got about a week and a half left to uh, register for it. Sam, I look forward to seeing you there on stage. Thank you. Please feel free to check out uh, www.openstack-israel.org for more information about the agenda and registration, location, and everything you need to know more about the OpenStack Israel event, December 9th. Thanks again, Sam. I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you very much, Lamont.